Welcome, everybody, to the Eyes on Big Podcast, your go-to Big Ten football podcast brought to you by the Amador Whiskey Company. I'm your co-host, Jeffrey the Greek, joined, as always, by... This is Big Kurt here. Big Kurt, you on Twitter. I am on Twitter. I'm Big Kurt on Twitter at B1GKURT. And I am Jeffrey the Greek at Jeffrey the Greek. Thank you so much for listening and downloading the podcast. Uh, I think Kurt and I are doing pretty... Well, all things considered, uh, with the activities that we put in yesterday. You know, I'm strangely in a really good mood right now. I, I think it just has to do with having a great time at a football game yesterday. It, it really was. Thanks for saying that. And I want to say thanks to you for going to the game. Certainly, you're a huge college football fan, but you're not an Iowa or Minnesota fan. Nope. And you're certainly not a fan of sitting outside in the cold no. for three plus hours. But you still went next to you, man. Uh, shout out to my wife. Yep. Shout out to our gal, Ree, that was with us. That was our foursome for the game yesterday. My wife and her friend, <laughs> not college football fans at all. And they had a great time. They had an amazing time because although my wife doesn't like college football or sports in general, to be honest with you, she likes having a good time. And my wife can put the party fans on pretty well. She did a good job yesterday. Shout out to Klein Auto World again for the tickets, which, which was a hookup through... Through Re, I also want to give a shout out to Tony's Diner um, and our guy Soup uh, for for hooking us up um, with the spot. Um, food was good. Uh, the bacon, I would like to say, was fantastic. Ba- ba- you did. Yeah. I, I had a bite of bacon. It was yep. good. Uh, my food was excellent as well. Uh, yeah. I had a few libations there. Get got a little lubed up before we yep. walked over to the game. Uh, most importantly, it was heated, uh, but it was straight shot, like four block walk straight down into the stadium. Uh, really, not that far away from where our seats were at, which were thankfully. On the visitor side, uh, we were, I yeah. mean, my left leg was on the 50-yard line, 24 rows up. Um, amazing seats for the game, for any football game. And then the most amazing thing was that the wind was virtually blocked completely out. It, it was. It would have been coming right at our back. Or another way of saying it is if you're on the opposite side of the field, which is the, the, the home field, those people were getting blasted with Arctic air yesterday. And, and if you noticed, especially the higher up you went, the less people there were. There was a lot of missing people in, in open seats as you got higher up on the, yes. on the other side of the stadium. I think everybody was getting wind on the field and moving up, but it would have gotten worse and worse. Like, by the end of that game, you would have just, like, they were not only cold, they're waking up today like that. I would assume their face was like wind, you know, wind burned uh, from yesterday. It was not for the faint of heart. So I want to give Iowa fans, Minnesota fans, anybody that was at that game credit for going to the game and sticking with it. I'm just saying, man, people, you're kind of a tough person if, if you go to a game and sit through it like that. Yeah, and I'll be honest, leading up to the game, I was being a little bit of a pussy. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. I, I It wasn't that cold, though. I, I went no, for no, us. I, I mean, it be, wasn't because of the situation you described. Yes. I was not cold yesterday at all. I, I, I don't want to say at all. With that being said, uh, boots are key. I have warm boots, bathroom boots. See, but free I don't. Shout out. I don't. I, and, and I you had, still were fine. I had good feet warmers in my the, boots. The feet warmers are key. Yeah, and I was fine. Yeah, I had a, I had feet warmers and then the hand warmers in yep. my glove. I had two pair of socks on with the with the uh, uh, toe warmers being in between the two pair of socks. It worked gorgeous. Uh, here's another thing that helped out uh, was the fireball. <laughs> that, yeah. Here's the deal, dude. I'm just going to go ahead and admit <clears throat> my stupidity. To you, to the listeners, unfortunately to my parents who uh, listen to the podcast as well. I was just so into the game and the fact that to me, I was viewing the fireball solely as a warming up mechanism. Okay. I forgot that it also has alcohol in it and I got I, I got drunk yesterday because of Which that. Which is weird because you weren't drinking beer at the game either. Never touched a beer. I never got in the concession line once during the entire game yeah i was there four times <laughs> thanks yeah appreciate that i think i had one of the beers that you gave me um yeah but anyways like i was like man how did i get so drunk and i'm like oh i i don't know how many of those you know i don't know it was I, the, each one of those things that i got was like a oh, two you shot were, oh you were having multiple because i just had the one fireball I, I had the lion's share of the fireball yesterday okay that explains it then. yeah at one point my wife was like wait Where's my fireball that she had put in the right. in, in the cup holder in front of her? 
it was already in right. my bullet at okay. that point. Yeah, so, I just said yeah. those are those are nice size fireballs oh. though, because it's not just a single. Correct. It's not a onesie. It's like two or it's three two, shots. It, it's, even. it's two or three shots in one. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably say it's two shots. Those one. are perfect. <laughs> I mean, and it, I know we're openly admitting to uh, breaking the law to a certain degree. Yeah. Let's just say for a game like that, um, if you, I think the security and just the university in general, right? If you are nice enough to pay for the ticket and go to the game, yeah. Let's just maybe not worry so much about some of the free booze that was probably snuck into the stadium yesterday. <laughs> I mean, and that's that's really a breakthrough in that size of bottle because you don't need a flask, right? <laughs> you really don't. Like, it's easier to have those. I'm a flask guy, yeah. but then you got to bring the flask home. And it's kind of a pain in the butt filling the flask up. Too, yeah. You know, um, I'll never need to use a flask again. It, it, if, you, if you're a fireball person, if that's your, which, which I don't know how you can't be. By the way, I have, I have no joke. I have drank more fireball in the last eight days than I have my entire life before that. I've really? never, I've never been a spiced, you know, whiskey or person at well, all. Me either, but. It like let's say you're with a group and I'm not a shot guy. You you know that correct. You're not a shot Neither guy. Yeah. We retired from that a long ago. <laughs> yes. But there are some situations where people insist you do a shot. If I'm doing a shot, it's going to be fireball. It's every going to be time. fireball movement. All right, give me a fireball. Yeah, yeah. That was, a, that was a lot of fireball plug we did there. We should we should get. Well, some let's sort of tag them we have, when we have, when we post this. We're gonna have to. <laughs> Because I didn't steal them from the liquor store, I purchased them legally from the Correct. liquor store, so they got the they got the good end of the stick. Uh, but long story short, I know Minnesota fans listening to this right now are probably puking. Um, but like, I hope at least they also understood that that is an event when it's a great game, right? I would you know we'll break it down, but it was everybody was engaged in that game to the very end. I feel like it's one of those sports experiences where you're kind of in it together at the end. It's just, I, it, it's it's a day I won't forget. It was yeah. fun. It was a blast. All right. Should we get into these games? Yes, sir. All right. This is week 12, all 14 teams in action, seven games. All these games took place yesterday on Saturday, November 19th. First game up, Michigan 19, hmm. Illinois 17. Hmm. The Wolverines with 376 yards of total offense to the Illini's three, 376 yards for Wolverines to the Illini's 326. Um, can I start this out by saying, um, so I went five and two against the spread on my pick six and pretty, one pretty, pretty um, on Friday. It sure seemed to be that it was, it was moving more towards chase Brown playing. I, and to be honest, I did not believe any of it. I thought it was all smokescreen. Okay. Um, and that, and then on Saturday morning, very quickly, I mean, I think it was like 7.30 in the morning. It was I saw pretty that early, yeah. Chase Brown was playing. Will you back me up in saying that I would have chosen, because I chose Michigan to cover sure. in this game, barely, thinking that essentially the Michigan def- defensive line would just kind of abuse Illinois' offensive line, and without Chase to make special plays, the offense would just grind to a halt. That's what I thought. Once I saw that Chase was playing, like DS and I have to record on Wednesday evening, you basically have to go with the information at hand then. But I would have changed that to an Illinois cover. With that being said, I didn't think it would look like this. Yes. See, I, even when he they announced he was playing, I thought the best we were going to get is him as a decoy. Okay. And, and that maybe he'd run a few times and then they would pull him out. And he But fine. he looked... I mean, would not have even known he was injured last week. And he, he wasn't like, I was going by no insider information. All I was going by was what I witnessed. And he was in a lot of pain, right? I've sprained my ankles multiple times. I know how painful it is. And I know how long it takes to heal. This was like, remember when Reggie white, I can't remember what injury he had, but he basically said, God healed me so I can play this week. Okay. I think that's what happened here. (laughs) The other thing is comparing chase Brown's body and how it responds to the environment to yours. <laughs> what are, what are you saying about my body? You, you can make your mind up what this I meant This is not by an that. athletic body. By the way, did you see the video before where Brett Bielma was talking about how amazing the, the that, that the Brown brothers are, and it showed um, his brother, shoot, I'm going to, I forget. Sydney. Sydney Brown warming up with, with a shirt off. Yes, he's built quite a bit different than me and you. Well, I, those, those guys are incredible athletes. But hold on. Chase and Sydney have different builds. I I, okay. I I attribute it to the way that they train for the right, different right. positions. Chase is the more bulky, muscular guy. <laughs> well, his brother 
it looks just fine. Yeah. I'll say that. No, they, they, yeah, they got a little Not to get too there. homoerotic here on the uh, podcast, but, you know, I, I appreciate a nice physique. Okay, let's maybe talk let's say about that with a staunch record. <laughs> so uh, DS and I joked, it's a trap, you know, the Admiral Akbar. So, sure. like, this was a trap game. We got another trap game that we're going to talk about a little bit later. Do I think that factored into it? Yes. However, I think Illinois showed a little, maybe even go so far as to say exposed a little bit with the overall Michigan offense and, and team. I mean, let's see. With their offense, you have to figure a little bit of the weather into it, too. They didn't really get the passing game going. By the way, that's one thing I want to give a shout-out to the, the Illini defense. Only three wide receivers caught passes for Michigan yesterday. Illinois was playing a four-string cornerback, and I'm going to say his name. Xavier Scott started at cornerback in this game, four-stringer. You would not have known that there was a weak link out there. He did not look like a weak link. He gave up a little bit of yardage, but not much. Had six tackles, five solos. He played great yesterday. Way to go, Xavier Scott. And speaking of a corner that played great, the corner that you would expect to play well was all over the field. My goodness. That was... Okay, I want to hear from a non-Illini fan. How good is... Devon Witherspoon. He's amazing. He's incredible. I mean, he is. And what I said to you yesterday is I was starting to pay more attention to his cover skills, but now you start seeing him on blitzes and tackling. He's, he's incredible. He hits like a freight train. Yeah. He's insane. I mean, I think you said that, that Harbaugh said that he was the best cornerback that they've seen on film in two years. Uh, yeah. Their, their offensive coordinator, coordinator actually said, yeah, that. said that. He said in the last two years, this is the best cornerback we have faced. So, obviously, Illinois brought a very good defense. There is a reason why, folks, Illinois has won seven games. It's not just because they've played in the West, okay? They have got a real-life, living-breathing defense. Your defensive coordinator, Ron Walters, is incredible. I mean, the the cornerbacks are being out for the game, and they still look that good. He deserves credit. So, like, this – and really, when you think about it, what Illinois is is Diet Michigan, right? Yeah, that's fair. So so there's kind of Spider-Man Mimi going there. So it sure. would make sense that this wasn't a blowout, you know, type of game. And you also have to point out, obviously, Blake Corum going out of the game. Not only that, but fumbling on that play where mm-hmm. it looked like they were going in to score. You can't discount that. I mean, that is that is a huge difference in this game. For sure. But then going back to what you said about exposing Michigan, I don't know if this is necessarily exposing them or if it's just give credit where it's due for Illinois, but it's one of the better games the Illinois offensive line has played, considering the competition. Yes. They gave up zero sacks. They Chase Brown had 140 yards rushing against that defense. I didn't I really didn't think that they were capable of doing what they did yesterday. I I the, this game no, there's another game that surprised me more. The, this game this game surprised me for how it looked. Um I even knowing that Chase Brown was playing, and then even knowing that Chase Brown looked good yeah. once the game started, I still would not have thought that Michigan would have struggled so much with Illinois. And and Michigan fans, that's because I have so much faith and high beliefs on how good your football team is. So the distraction part next week, stuff like that. I mean, Blake Corum going out, it all has to be yeah, it's all it's all in, you know baked into the the pie here, um, baked into the cake. Um, but I don't know it. And, and, and you know another thing is Michigan's not going to go against Illinois defense every week too. That that makes a difference. But anyway, so uh, more I don't know exposing if you want to call it that. But Michigan comes out on their first drive, remember, and they went right down the field. They walked down the field for a touchdown, and they did not get into the end zone for the rest of the game. That's insane. That's insane. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, if- I, we would like to. I would like to hear from Michigan fans on what they think. Is it a big shoulder shrug? Move on to next week. Yeah, which certainly is going to get their focus. Or is there some things that are actually giving them concern? And if, to me, it's just I still have a lot of faith in the rushing attack. But JJ yeah. McCarthy, as the kids say, he is not him to me. I'm, I'm just going to say it. I think he's a darn good quarterback. I don't think he's going to get up to the elite level of quarterback play, Trevor Lawrence type of stuff. No, I. in fact, I would say he's a good quarterback. I don't know if I would say darn good even. I think he's good. He's either good or darn good. I don't know. He's one of the two. Depends how what, yeah, what your definition of darn is, I guess. <laughs> or where you put the emphasis. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Um, with that being said, there was a, there was a third 
entity. There was a there was an entity. Game. There was an entity. Um, boy, where should we start with this one? Have at it. I I'm, guess I'm gonna back you up. Don't he, okay, right. here's the thing that I said yesterday. Real time. This is how I felt. Real time. I said, "Well, Bo, you bought yourself another one." It's somewhere posthumously, he had an effect on this game. Um, so I think what we're alluding to is that the the guys in, in the striped uniforms seem to be calling more penalties against Illinois and, and maybe just kind of turning a little bit of a blind eye to the some of the illegal stuff that, that Michigan was doing. This was all before. The, OK, I'm just going to talk about the last drive. There was other questionable calls before it. But there was the pick play, which is an obvious foul on the fourth and three that they converted. Uh, yeah, fourth and three. Yeah, it was a fourth down play. They should that, have gotten a penalty and and moved back. That, and, that and was replay. well behind, well in front of the line, uh, line of scrimmage. I mean, I mean, it was not a behind the uh, uh, behind the line of scrimmage pass. Then there was a pass interference on Devon Witherspoon. There was the same play. It was essentially the same play that got called that got uh, um, non called for for Michigan. It was the same two. P.I. plays that were almost identical, both went against Illinois. Then there was the catch. What is a catch play? Which, by the way, the thing that nobody's mentioning, that cost Illinois 20 seconds when they got the ball back, too. Absolutely. Absolutely. It wasn't a catch. It I mean, wasn't it wasn't even close I didn't to think a it was catch. Close. I didn't think it was close. And so, by the way, there's another guy that, that thinks maybe the refereeing wasn't okay. so good okay. yesterday. Would you like to hear from him? Is it, is it somebody we know? Yeah, go ahead. You might recognize okay. the voice. Okay. All right. How are you feeling right now? I'm extremely pissed off, right? Like, just very angry, um, very upset. I think our kids did a lot to win the football game and uh, continually have things to just go against us. Uh, very frustrating, and you got to stand up for your people that you believe in. And I believe in that locker room big time, and I know they'll rise up to the challenge once again. So, uh, Beatle not exactly mincing words in the post-game press conference. He was actually bit, alluding a little bit to it at halftime in his halftime interview, too. So... You know, something I think about um, right after, because we essentially got to Tony's at right at halftime, right right after halftime to be able to watch the rest of the earlier games. And could I I make a statement that the overall outlook that me and you have, I I probably am a a bit more optimistic on things than than you are. Um, With that being said, I, I also consider myself a realist. And when the game was getting tight, Third quarter, early fourth quarter, I turned to you and I said, you know, the refs aren't going to let Illinois win this game, right? <laughs> and you go, oh, yes, I know. I'm aware. Yeah. And, and so, like, we we know it. And then to watch it happen in live is quite the thing. It is something. Isn't I'd it? also like to say that I've gotten several DMs. It's usually from Nebraska fans because Nebraska, that's how Nebraska fans roll. Saying condolences to Kurt, let him know that we think he got they got screwed in this game. I mean, and, and I can assure you, I I can't imagine Nebraska fans hate or you know like either one of these teams in the game. They're just watching it as football fans. Yeah, and you know Nebraska fans, they've had their share. They've been on the 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 short end of the stick, mm-hmm. the the officiating stick, many times. So they, I appreciate that, Nebraska fans. Yep. Thank you for saying that. So speaking of fans, Michigan fans, how you feeling? Right? How you feeling with this this quote unquote win? Definitely win. I, as we kind of talked before we sat down, if I'm a Michigan fan, I'm going to say this, this is what I believe I would say. We were lucky to win the game. However, with that being said, um, there are bad officiating every weekend in the Big Ten, which is that is true, an accurate statement. So you you're not going to give the win up. You take the win and you move on to the the, the game next week. Um, but but as we you know I had said to you earlier, you're kind of doing your job, Big Ten. If this is what yeah, I, I guess what I'm saying yeah. is like I would expect the SEC to pull stuff yeah. like this in yeah. this situation to help out an Alabama or a Georgia. I mean, and and it, I I I'm sorry, but if we are to believe what we saw yesterday, which was there was a very fa- a, a refereeing crew that was favoring Michigan, I'm sorry. But for the overall health of the Big Ten Conference, it's the correct call. Let's be honest. Isn't there a lot more shine on the game next week with two 11-0 teams going against one another versus one coming off of a loss and being 10-1? and And it only being the fourth time in the history that both teams go into the game undefeated? Wow. I mean, that's... Let's be honest. It, this was bound... This was going to happen. One way sucks. or another, it was going to happen. Do, do you think the ref... Like, 
well, I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't... Uh... <laughs> I didn't let Michigan kind of win this game here. Wouldn't be doing my job. With that being said, I still think Michigan's a great team. Um, somebody had to win the game. Michigan pulled it out. Michigan also, by the way, deserves credit for... That was a ballsy call by Harbs down at the end, kicking the field goal. Having faith that you you that, did, you doubted that I doubted him. I questioned. That. I was on the fence. Yeah, I was on the fence. Um, I thought it was the the I thought it was the wrong decision. It at was the, time. the correct decision. Yeah. and you know who and you know what has to happen in order for that to to win. Jake Moody has got to hit two pressure packed yeah. field goals. He hit them both. You got to give him credit for that. Yeah, and he knew that he had the wind going in his favor too, which I'm sure factored into it for sure. Yeah, so good good job by Harbaugh. Good, it was great coaching job. It was. Uh, anything else here? Um, no. Okay. I I guess that's it. I think I've said my piece. Okay. With the win, Michigan moves to eleven zero. Obviously, with the loss, Illinois drops to seven and four. But hey, hold again, on, one more thing. Yeah. We talk about the, we, there's a bad officiating game every week, pretty much, right? Illinois's been in three of those. They've yeah. lost all three of those. Yeah. Indiana. Do you think? And I, I'm just. This is totally off the cuff right now. Do you think there's something? Do they have something against Bielema? Could be. Could be. Yeah. It didn't happen could last be, year though. Could be. No, because they, maybe they didn't see Illinois as much of a threat. Maybe. Last year. Yeah. But I, w- I want to say with the loss, Illinois drops to seven and four. But again, I have to say it. If in August somebody said to you, go after the Michigan game, it will be a, uh, a two point loss. Yeah. To drop Illinois to seven and four. Oh, by the way, you are still going to be technically alive to get to Indianapolis going into the last week of the season. Me thinks you would have definitely been okay with that scenario. Absolutely. Uh, one of the things I like to do when I look at at a schedule preseason is I look at the games that are unwinnable. Like you would just mark, just cross that one off because it's unwinnable. This was one of those games for me preseason. Right. right. And to if you had told me you only lose by two, yeah, I would have been pretty happy. Absolutely. Yep. I mean, it was a heck of an effort. All right, moving on to the next game, the Interim Bowl, Wisconsin 15, Nebraska 14. The Badgers with 318 yards of offense to the Huskers 171. I put a tweet out just a couple hours ago before we started uh, recording where you know Iowa's offense got a lot of heat for only having 146 yards versus Wisconsin. Yep. 171 yards that the Huskers were able to to you know put on the on the board in their home mm. stadium. This Wisconsin defense is rounding into form. They've gotten Boy. healthier, and that guy Jimmy Leonard, Leon Hard, he, he knows how to he knows to call it how to call a defensive game. Boy, are, have they ever rounded into form? Just go back a handful of weeks, right? I didn't have a ton of of confidence in this defense. I'm like, this is not a Scotty defense. It's not a bad defense. It's a good defense, yep. but it's nothing more than just a good defense. Now they're they have elevated it back to an elite level. They are one of the top three or four defenses in the Big Ten. And just to rem- saying a lot. Just a reminder, we do have a bet on this total defensive yards. Yes, you were eighteen, I was twenty eight, and it's tr- it's trending towards you now. Oh, with one it was looking go. good with me, but but now it's trending towards. Wow, you. thanks for remembering that. Yeah, okay. it's a bottle of booze. So it's a bottle of booze. Yeah. Nice. You usually don't do very well in those bets. I so. don't. I'm, I need to stop doing those. Just, no, I, I, just shut up, Kurt. Every the fans time. like them. I think we should keep doing it. Um, obviously, it has to be pointed out, first and foremost, after we've just waxed poetic about Wisconsin's defense, that Nebraska had the lead in this game the entire game. I mean, at one point, this game was essentially over. I don't know what the ESPN or win probability thing is, but my guess yeah. it was in the 80s or 90s Here, at some point in this game. Um, the first time that Nebraska did not have the lead in this game was about 45 seconds left in the game when Graham Mertz surged ahead for the goal line uh, touchdown to put look, them up Look by what one. they did to me. They erased the win probability. They usually have they the just, tracker here. Yeah, they just have Wisconsin 100%. The one Thanks. time we actually, we never look at this. The one time I wanted to look at it, it's not there. And it's, it'll probably be back there later this afternoon. It'll be back as yeah. soon as we hit stop on this. But so we don't know what the win probability was. It was high. I, but, I, would, yeah. I would guess it like 88% yeah. would be my guess. Um, and, I mean, and, they were up fourteen to three, pretty pretty late in the game. Um, uh, Grant, um, uh, the rushing stats wound up being good. I mean, two hundred thirty five yards rushing, but Braylon Allen, uh, nineteen uh, yards. He went out of the game, came back in, and then got injured a- again. 
That was crazy. But look at the rushing stats for Wisconsin. First of all, thankfully, they have Che Louis back. He yeah. had 21 carries, 98 yards. Braylon Allen, 18 carries, 92 yards. Isaac Grendo, nine rushes for 42 yards. It's three running backs doing some damage right there. Yeah, they all looked good. Um, the, jo- the joke for Nebraska fans is, hey, n- we didn't have a 100-yard rusher. Didn't allow a 100-yard rusher in the game. That's a good point. <laughs> Just, the only issue was 98-92 for two different guys. Um, Graham Mertz was not good. He was not good in okay. this game. So let's let's have it out because I asked this you is this a whole, yesterday. This is a whole podcast. I know we could do a whole podcast. But what happens with him next? I year? don't. I don't know. I don't know either because, because he could. He's, I mean, he, he could come back. He's three years deep, which technically means he has two more years of eligibility yeah. because twenty didn't count. His, yep. his one season didn't count. So. Or or do, no, maybe he doesn't. Maybe he only has one year left. Okay, but the the fact of the matter is he has he, one year. He left. could come. He, he could, could come, come back. back. Yeah. What. What do know. you do if you're Wisconsin? And, and the thing is, nobody can answer the question right now because they don't even know who the head coach is. Because the head it's coach good is point. have to be the one that would potentially make. So I think what happens is you have to bring in a transfer to compete there against him. I was just going to say. And you've got to have a quarterback competition, and he's got to win it next year. And he's got he's got to be clearly the better quarterback. I think that is 100% I, what it has to I be. And I think you tell Graham Mertz, this is what we're doing. We're going to find the – You can either – In fact, we might go find two. Yeah you, yeah, you can be part of it, or you can leave if you want. Uh, eight of 18, 83 yards, one touchdown and a pick. The pick was bad. It was an arm punt. And it led right to, I believe, a, a touchdown for not a pick six, but a touchdown for Nebraska. Speaking of quarterbacks playing this game, Casey Thompson was the entire offense. He was. And it, it did lead to a touchdown for Nebraska. It, it did, yeah. It, yep. Interception, then Nebraska in in eight plays went down for After a touchdown. That. Yep. Um, Casey Thompson, 12 of 20, 106 yards, two touchdowns. He also had 33 yards rushing, so that means he had 139 yards of total offense of their 171. And they couldn't do well anything. And it was, so of. it was the Casey Thompson show, but it wasn't a very good show. It, it, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's fair. I mean, but I will say he did do some good things. But I, I would say considering. <laughs> Considering the position he was put in, though, yeah, he played really well. I'm not, I'm not knocking. No, him. no, it just, I know it was just funny. It just wasn't a very good show. Yeah, but and I know there's been Nebraska fans that are there, and I get it. They're they're pissed at Whipple that they didn't stick to the running running the ball more. But there, there was just there, there was, was no, no yards. There was no available yards. This is this is actually I think what you kind of had to do. I mean, look at Anthony Grant ran 16 times for 29 yards. That's way over our at least we tried line. Remember yeah, our at least yeah. we tried line is like eleven rushes or right, something like that. Right. Um, so I, I just it was mostly the game that I thought. I just thought it, it would be the other. You know, like I, I just thought Wisconsin, Wisconsin would just be kind of in control. Right, in control, and but you know, with with Nebraska kind of on their heels, yeah. they, they couldn't stop playing. They couldn't just. I had the under. I had the under bet in this game. I got it at forty and a half. That wasn't. I mean, I never once felt threatened that this thing was going over. The only thing that would have possibly gone over is it went to overtime, but we didn't have that. And I just want to say to Nebraska fans, I'm really sorry. They they don't deserve all of this. So I am not big into the uh, college football would be better when Team X is playing. No, I'm not into that. I reject that. I do too. You, You you. The teams that are good are interesting. Yeah. You know, no matter who they are, okay? With that being said, I'm starting to wonder what Nebraska fans have done to the college football gods at this point. It's just not right for to lose this, for these, anybody. this many heartbreaking games. I mean, they, they were losing this game for 45 seconds, and they lost. Yeah. They were winning the whole game. Yeah. They... And it's like, they're getting outplayed, but they're still winning. Like, okay, right. we're going to get away with one. Nope. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to say. I, it's it's I, tough. I, it, a positive here. Fr- uh, freshman linebacker Ernest Hausman, 12 tackles, dude. That dude's everywhere right now. He has just took over. Remember in Seinfeld, he's got a good John Hausman John Houseman name, Alec Berg. Mr. Berg, hello, Mr. Berg. Ernest Houseman is a great name. We gotta, that's a great. We got to come up with something yeah. with that. Local kid, too, you know? Not a huge recruit. Yeah. Nebraska kid. Good for him. So the defense has looked better for Nebraska. Wisconsin's defense has looked better. Both offenses struggled. Somebody had to win the game. In the end, honestly, Wisconsin was holding the ball. That's how it went down. I don't yeah, know how to say it. I, yeah. Uh, with the win, Oof. Wisconsin is now bowl eligible at six and five. I meant to look it up. It's like twenty four straight years they've been bowl eligible. It's yeah. something like that. Well, it's got to be. It's I mean, insane. 
They had. Hmm. I'm stupid. I, I literally made myself a note. You surprised me how early. Was it like 2001 or two ish? They had kind of a down year. We should have checked this yeah, before. We should have liked it. Whatever. Long story short, it's been a long time. Uh, since Wisconsin has not been bowl eligible, they are bowl eligible again with the loss. Nebraska falls two, three, and eight. Next game up, Purdue seventeen, Northwestern nine. The Boilermakers with two hundred and ninety-nine yards of total offense to the Wildcats two hundred and forty. Yawn, stretch. What was this? Just like Purdue, just kind of. They did what they had to do. We just shoulder. Can we just get this over with? It was. Yeah, because. I don't. I, you would expect them to blow them out. You're at home. Yeah, the weather kind of affected the game a little bit. But Aiden O'Connell had two touchdowns. Yeah, only 159 yards though. But yeah. I don't know. They just. I'm not sure they were really up for this game. I, I don't know if this was the most electric environment that that Purdue's had for a home contest in quite some time. Yeah, could have been a little sleepy. Uh, I will say, um, you know, Aiden O'Connell very much, you know, thought of before the season. Um, um, has struggled, right? There's been some injuries. There's been some issues, maybe forcing the ball into Charlie Jones a little bit too much. But overall, he has been able to keep a pretty good, you know, level of play um, to the point where they're, and we'll talk on it, they're still in the Big Ten uh, uh, hunt big time. Um, the other thing I'd want to say is to give credit to Bromlike Tom and Purdue. There used to be a day where Purdue could not run the ball no matter who they were going against. And I so, th- hold on, I think that plays into this game yeah. a lot because Devin Mockaby went out, I think, on the first series. And so that that's something they've been able to lean on. So then Dylan D- Downing, who's had some some of moments this year, 17 carries, only 49 yards. Yeah. They couldn't do it with when Mockaby was out. But they stuck with the run, and I think it played into them having success in this game. I mean, they still wound up with 140 yards rushing um by the way with northwestern by the way so so cole freeman <laughs> we have a big 10 podcast i don't know i've never heard of him i've never heard of him never heard of, I, so, like i was looking at the the screen like who is that where was where's brandon sullivan so he was injured Holinsky was injured that that's why those two I, guys didn't play i swear if you even took like the most the most you know uh um committed northwestern football fan and you started jumbling the stat lines of games. I don't think you can tell any different. It's always the same. It's 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 a spin the wheel quarterback. Yep. Evan Hole gets a hundred yards of total offense. Yeah, yeah. And and Washington gets two or three balls for like sixty six yards. Right. That's it. It's the same <laughs> stat line. I'm I, honestly I think they're calling the same plays at the same time of every game. I, I don't know how to explain it. Yeah. I mean, Cam Porter actually got a few totes. Few. Eleven carries, twenty nine yards. Um. But you have to give Northwestern some credit, though, because they did make it a Northwestern-y looking they, game. They did. I mean, you dragged them down, which means they're still playing. They're still, yeah. You, know? you got to give them credit for that. Yeah. There's not much to break down in this game. There's really think. not. I it mean, just the game started, it was played, and then it ended, and both the teams <laughs> went back home. I mean, it's just it's just one of those games. Uh, but hold wh- on, one thing. <laughs> I know it's only Northwestern, but the defense for Purdue gave up their lowest point total in Big Ten play this year in this game. Oh, yeah. That would make so, sense. Good. good. I, wonder, I wonder how many people's lowest point total in Big Ten play came against Northwestern. Yeah, could have been a few of them. Also, three second-half turnovers big for Purdue's defense. That'll do it. Yeah. That'll do it for you. With the win, Purdue moves to 7-4. and four, Very much still alive, alive to get to yeah. Indianapolis. With the loss, Northwestern drops to 1-10. and 10, mm. And the only win... Did not come on American soil continues for another week. Wow. It's a rough year in Evanston. Next game up. What? Indiana 39, (laughs) Michigan State 31. (laughs) The Hoosiers with 288 yards of total offense to the Spartans. 540. Dude, this game is bonkers. This game was on acid, (laughs) alcohol, every illicit drug that you can name. I mean, oh. North uh, Michigan State was up twenty-four to seven at halftime. Twenty-four to seven at halftime versus Indiana, where you're and like, well, Indiana's quit now for Let, the year. And I'll take it a step further. Indiana scored a touchdown out of the gate on their opening drive and gave up twenty-four straight points, and then went into halftime. Insane for a team like Indiana. You know what you do? You pack up and you leave. You don't even come out for the second half. Let's just say I had 
some some reasons to be watching this game and cheering for Michigan State. Uh, felt pretty darn good about it after that because like it 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 definitely was crazy how Indiana went right down the field. By the way, I picked Indiana to cover in this game. Okay, okay. so I, I I I hit this. Didn't think Indiana was gonna win. I thought it was. It, I thought there would be available yards for Indiana in this game versus a Michigan State defense that's, that that still is not fantastic. Okay, so that's why I thought. This would be a game. But at 24 to 7, I was wrong. I was wrong about this game. Sure. Yeah. Then I wound up being correct because Indiana came back. But even with all of that, they get down to the end of regulation, uh, 31 to 31. Michigan State has a chip shot field goal missed. 22 yards. They missed a field they goal. Were, they, were, they were at the goal. Game line. was over. They could have scored a touchdown to put the game. Game was over. And so then it goes to overtime. Blocked field goal, blocked field goal. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that's crazy! Because and what was nuts is this was going down at the same time that the end. <laughs> right, of Michigan, we're Illinois. trying to keep up. So we're like watching both Hold TVs on. and Tony. Everybody's took off. We're screaming. Um, Hold on, it gets even crazier. Did you know? Before this play in overtime, the Hoosiers had seven passing yards. They only completed two passes. They completed a twenty-four yard pass down to the one yard line. Insane, insane. Dexter Williams, two of seven for 31 yards in this game. I mean, you want to talk about stat fly. This was this has got to be our biggest. How in the heck did that team win with those stats? Game he had of the he had three and a half times the passing yards in overtime as in regulation. <laughs> and they got into regulation and got the win. By the way, he had 16 carries, 86 yards. Dude's an athlete. No, he's a great athlete. He's an athlete. He's fun to watch. And Shivers, by Shifty the way, Shifty Sean Shivers, man. Yeah, 13 carries, 115 yards, and two big touchdowns from him. So 257 rushing yards for Indiana. That's, that's not bad. That's impressive. Yeah. Boy, you want to talk about another fan base that I – I mean, how does Sparty fans feel right now? Like, and by, you, you you are feeling better about the universe after the last couple of weeks. You yeah. get this win this week. You get to bowl eligibility. Hey, who knows what happens next week versus Michigan State. College football is weird. You know, maybe we wind up finishing with it a great kick at a decent bowl game. All of that was wiped off the second that field goal went awry. Well, and I'm going to even go back before that. Peyton Thorne, who's been looking thornier, throws a pick six. That's a big reason they lost this game. For sure. But otherwise, 298 yards, two touchdowns. No, he looked good I other know. than that one play. Jalen Berger, Elijah Collins, 30 carries, 226 <laughs> yards and two touchdowns. Looked great. The, the running game's coming along. This was, by the way, this was to go to a bowl game. Yeah. God, I just thought about it. How the heck did Michigan State beat Illinois when they were on the other side of the stat ledger? Then this one, they got it stat ledgered back yeah. to them. It's crazy. It's insane. I mean, I, give the give the Hoosiers credit. No turnovers. That's a part of this too, and just did enough on the ground. But I mean, above everything, I, I just the fact that they kept fighting in the game. I yes. mean, you got to give Tom Allen some credit. He's on he's on the hot seat. You I know, mean, there. And I and I'll be honest with you. There's a little bit of a feeling here where no nobody walked away the, the winner. In, sure. In this game, a little bit. He's definitely on the hot seat. But don't you think? He loses this game. He's probably gone. I mean, I there's a lot of talk about it's just too big of a buyout for Hoosier football. Is what I I've don't heard. know that I believe that with all the new TV contracts. I don't know what I don't. I don't know where his his contract is right now, though. I, it's in the twenty million range. That that would be yeah, that's a lot. That's but, a lot. Yeah, like I think he's coming back next year, but he's got to make it look a little better next year but i tell you what would make it better is to wind up five and seven if, with beating your rival if he beats purdue that then a different story and dexter williams maybe does something next week i'm just saying these these wins are they can be important it's, but it's got to start looking prettier though i just did not see this one coming but with the win the hoosiers moved to four and seven with the loss the spartans dropped to five and six and as we mentioned they are going to need Something pretty special to get to a bowl game because yeah. the team they're playing next, we're going to talk about in a second here. The Eyes on Big Podcast is sponsored by the Amador Whiskey Company. Our unique process takes the highest quality Kentucky bourbon and finishes in California wine barrels. This double barrel aging technique creates unique characteristics in each barrel that produce one-of-a-kind whiskey. As Amador is made to be sip neat or is perfect for classic bourbon cocktails, just like your 
favorite go-to Big Ten football podcast. Amador is the go-to whiskey this football season. Don't forget to hashtag Ask for Amador and check out our new website and finder option so you can see where Amador is near you at www.amadorwhiskeyco.com. Amador Whiskey, born in Kentucky, raised in California. Moving on into the afternoon, Ohio State 43 Maryland 30, the Buckeyes with 401 yards of total offense to the Terps, 402. So a 13-point win for Ohio State. However, that happened with a pick six, fumble six, whatever you want to call it, at the end of the game. The the odds of Maryland going down the field to score there were were very low. Very low. They had, what, about 20 seconds, I believe, at that point. It was a strip. Fumble is yep. what it really was, I think, for a touchdown. Steel Chambers scoops it up, who, by the way, had two fumble recoveries on the game. Yep. So, yeah, it, it was closer than the score indicates, but they were probably going to win this game. They were probably going to win the game, but it was, in all intents and purposes, it was it was a one-score game. It was. Um, so, we'll start out with Ohio State. C.J. Stroud, 18-30, 241 yards, one touchdown, no picks. I mean, clean games, he's playing. It's just, I don't know, man. There's something that's been missing. There's lately. just something missing. Yeah. I don't know what to say. Like, like certainly a part of this is that, and this happens almost every single season or week even, is Ohio State is, they're guilty of their own success is what's going yeah. on. So because we all expect C.J. Stroud's stat line to be 380 yards, four touchdowns every week, when it's something that's not that good, we critique. But aren't even Ohio State fans kind of wondering right now what's going on? I would think so. I mean, no receiving touchdowns for wide receivers in this game. Yeah. Their their one touchdown was to Travian Henderson passing. I will say, though, Dallin Hayden looks pretty good at running back. (laughs) 27 for 146 for the freshman, three touchdowns. And that was part of it is he was just running them in. I guess that was part of it. But I'm just surprised with the, the effectiveness they had running the ball. Why didn't that open up the passing game? And I don't know if there's something that's been put on film that's giving Ryan Day and and C.J. Stroud fits. I, I I don't know, but with those receivers and just how accurate C.J. Stroud is, it's just surprising to to see only one touchdown on the board for him. I think he's still in the Heisman race, C.J. Stroud. Yeah. But he's got to have a good game next week. Like it, he needs a moment next week. You know. And I don't know that the defense. Did a great job against the rush. Only gave up 84 rushing yards, but 318 passing yards. Yeah. You can't say that the defense played a great game. I don't think so. They, Especially in the second half, they they were letting Maryland do damage. Yeah, Leah Tungavailoa, 26 of 36, 293 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. Uh, I checked with my our guy, uh, John, uh, JV. And, you know, I'm like, what's, you know, what's up with Maryland? Like, it's it's hard to get a pulse on them. I think what's happened is they had offensive line issues at one point. Yeah, Injuries, so- not a lot of... Not a lot of talent and guys ready to play. So, like, the 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 whole offense struggled. Obviously, we know Leah was out yesterday. A little bit healthier offensive line, and it and the offense popped versus Ohio State. Okay, so you said it was healthier this week. A little week. bit healthier yesterday. Okay, I'm not saying full speed. But. And, by the way, what a throw by, by Leah to to bring it to 33-30. to 30. Yes. Stones, man. He yeah. got flushed right through on the yep. run. Beautiful. And I, and I don't think he's going to walk for senior day, so I think we're going to get another year of, of Leah okay. Tunga-Viola. Um, so this was kind of the game. I, I I predicted Ohio State to cover, so this was my other loss. I, I, I whiffed on Michigan and Ohio State yesterday. So I thought Ohio State would put more points on the board and not quite as much points. I, I had 52 to 24 mm. in the game, which was just a bare, barely Ohio State cover. Okay. So I was surprised at how many points Maryland put up. And and somebody had, uh, an Ohio State fan, questioned my prediction. He's like, so Maryland looked that bad versus uh, Ohio State, but you think they're going to – or versus Penn State, excuse me. But you think they're going to put up 24 points versus our defense? And I said – that is an accurate assessment, actually. You're probably right. I probably overshot 24 mm. points. They put up 30. Yeah. I, I don't know. That's great. A, so that's a surprisingly bad performance for Ohio State's defense. I think so. Okay. It, do we have another Admiral Akbar? It's a trap. I'm, but, you know, at the same time, you get, Tommy Eichenberg had another great game. Yeah. 13 tackles, tackle for loss. Zach Harrison Dude's had a great game. Two sacks, two and a half tackles for loss, forced fumble. So they got dudes that just... And there was a point where I was thinking, okay, this is a pretty damn good defense. But now I'm not quite sure what we're going to get week to week. It's, it's still, it's, 
it's very much an improved defense from last year. I don't For think sure. that goes without question. <clears throat> I'm still curious on what this defense is going to be like when it's put to the test. Yeah. When they have to I have know. a big stop. I know. that That's what's going to be incredible. And will that play out over their next two to three games when it when you know big things are on the line? And I know this isn't the preview, but it's looking like a great matchup next week. I think so. And, and I mean, knock on wood, I hope we have some healthy people. C.J. Stroud, by the way, a little gimpy at the end of this okay. game. Okay. Blake Corum is gimpy. Yeah, Edwards is gimpy. There's yeah. there's a lot of gimpy guys. I hope they they can they can have the uh, the, the hand of God uh, heal them. Yeah, like Chase Brown got. Give, yeah, good chase a call. With the win, Ohio State, of course, moves to 11-0. With the loss, Maryland falls to 6-5. and five. Um, They need to win next week and then win their bowl. You know what I mean? They they need to finish 8-5. and five. Otherwise, I think it's kind of a disappointing season for Maryland. You know? Anyways. Yeah. Next game up. Whew, Penn State, 55. Rutgers, 10. The Nittany Lions with 436 yards of offense to the Scarlet Knights, 167. Our guy, Perk. Mentioned that Rutgers has never scored more than 10 points in this series since joining the Big Ten. Well, they tied their their high. High watermark. Way to to go, Rutgers. That is a glass half full. Look right there. Oh, boy. Okay, the story of this game is Penn State because they're freaking good. Okay, so I'm not sure. Is, was this game closer than it looks because they had the kickoff return for a TD and two fumble returns for TDs? Or is it that much of a beatdown because they had those? That. It's the second Okay. One. Like, this game was never going to be won by, by Rutgers. Penn State was obviously the better team in this game. Um, the rushing attack for Penn State chugs along 237 yards at a 6.4-yard average. And that's got, you know, some negative plays. In there too, uh, Katron Allen. It's always kind of it's spin the way, wheel. Who, by the way, against a good Rutgers defense. Yeah, dude, this is a good <laughs> Rutgers defense. Yeah. Um, I would, I, I believe, I, I thought I'd try to remember. I thought, I thought I liked the under in this game because mm-hmm. I thought Rutgers defense would just kind of, sure. yeah, you know, make Penn State work for it. But at six point four yards a carry, Katron Allen ten point six yards a carry. Uh, Nick Singleton, nice day too, seven yeah. yards a carry. <laughs> right, they dude. just didn't need Singleton that much. I mean. I don't believe enough people are talking about Penn State in general. I no. don't think enough people are talking about how much credit uh, Penn State deserves for sticking with improving their offensive line yeah. and rushing attack. Like, this was not a good rushing attack the last couple of years. This is an amazing rushing attack. By the now. way, we kind of ended up being right. Not kind of. We ended up being right when everyone was trashing Penn State earlier in this year, when they weren't getting any respect nationally. Guess what? This team's 9-2. and two. I mean, and, they, they and they're going to play Michigan State next week. We have a pretty darn good shot of being 10-2, and getting into a really fun bowl. I hope they can figure out a way that it shakes out, that they can get to a New Year's Six Bowl. I think it's going to be tight. They're gonna, I, I hate to say it, but I think Penn State's going to get screwed. Um, you know what's going to be interesting? Where they're going to be at in relation to Tennessee next week. Oh, boy, that will be interesting. Because they're both going to have the same record. And Tennessee just got their butt cheeks slapped. <laughs> God, that was great, man. That oh, it was, was beautiful, That it? was... You know, as as I was coming back into the real world, um, um, nice Irish exit again last night. Yeah, I'm good at those. You, you pulled it off. That uh, your second Irish exit with an Uber. Yeah, that's tough. That's tough to do. And that's is that two consecutive weeks or two out of three? I think it's two, two out of three. three. Yeah. Two out of three. Good Not job. bad. Not bad. Um, um, anyways, where was I going to say? But watching the watching the Tennessee, like realizing what the score of the Tennessee South Carolina game was, that was fantastic. Georgia also cheeks. Yesterday, they did not. <laughs> yeah, they looked bad. Good. They looked bad. Um, we. It almost was one of those. It was still a great college football day, but like Georgia, Ohio State, and Michigan, Michigan all could have lost yesterday. Yeah, I know. I, I mean, I don't think Ohio and State TCU. Was, TCU. Oh my gosh, TCU. TCU. They got as lucky as you can get. That was incredible. It was an incredible day. Absolutely. So it's just that we didn't get the upsets. Anyway, sorry, Penn State fans. We're all over the place. I don't know what to say in this game other than you were excellent. Rutgers was not. I just, again, I I would, I those, a lot of those teams we just mentioned, that was my point of this. Penn State's as good as those teams. Yeah. Or close to them. And you know what? I think James Franklin, who, by the way, got his 100th victory as head coach yesterday, I think what he's really happy about, he got reps for a lot of youngsters. If you look at yeah. the, if you go down the stat sheet, there was a bunch of depth that got uh, to play yesterday. 16 straight wins for Penn State over Rutgers. Wanted to point out, not that he had a huge day, but Rashad Rochelle. 
for for Rochelle. Rochelle. <laughs> our second, our second uh, uh, Seinfeld how, reference. How, yeah, how have we not thought of that yet I don't know. this year? Rochelle, I don't know. Rochelle, I don't know. A, a young woman's strange erotic journey from Milan to Minsk. <laughs> we got to come up with a nickname for him for next year. But this this kid's out of Springfield, Illinois. By is the he? way, yeah, Shiano came and got is. him. I I wanted the the Illini to get him, and I think they wanted him, but. What he just did a great job recruiting yeah. this kid. Good athlete. He's starting to get more and more touches now. Uh, Gavin Wim said 122 yards passing, one touchdown, one pick. Was a little bit disappointed on his ability to tuck it and run. I just feel like that's got to be a part of the yeah. Rutgers offense right now. Sure. But maybe the reason they didn't do that is because Penn State just said, we're not going to allow you to do that because, oh, by the way, Penn State's defense looks fantastic. Yeah, right they now. do. I mean, I think they have a chance at being ranked 10th. I, and I feel like there's a chance even at 10th, they're still a little bit underrated. I, don't, I mean, this is the absolute best. The top of the Big Ten, three, the best three teams has ever looked. Ohio State, Michigan, a good both point. 11 and 0. The only losses that Penn State a has good point. is against Ohio State and Michigan. The Ohio State game was close. They should be ranked in the top 10. You go back in time and try to find me when the, the Big Ten has had three teams at the top this good. And by the way, I saw, the, and stick with me here, I saw a moronic tweet. I wish I could remember who tweeted it. But the guy was complaining about what a crap year this would be for, like, we can't even find four good teams to be in a playoff. Why would we want 12 teams? Of any year, and I'm, I'm anti-playoff. This is the year you want a 12-team playoff because Maybe. someone like Penn State could do a lot of damage in that playoff. It's a really good point. I, and there's a comment that is in my, that's been bouncing around in my head that of all the teams that wish you could go away from divisions and have a right to complain about stuff, probably Penn state is the fan base and team that sure. has the right, the most right to complain. Yeah. So you that type of thought process is what you're kind of touching on there with them. If they had the chance to get into the, into the 12 team playoff. Okay. So Rutgers did very little well yesterday, but I, I have to point out one thing. Adam Corsak punted mm-hmm. 12 times yesterday. Yeah. He's probably gonna wind up being their offensive MVP. I don't know how you couldn't yeah. have him be the yeah. offensive MVP. Yeah. He's incredible. <laughs> Good funny. He didn't have the greatest day statistically. I'm just pointing out that he had 12. It's hard to punt 12 times. And it's hard to punt. 12 times when the ball is a rock because yeah. it's so freaking well, cold. Well, that's a good too. point. I mean, yeah. give him credit there. Uh, with the win, Penn State moves to 9-2. and two. With the loss, Rutgers falls to 4-7. and seven. The Big Ten game of the week, the battle for the Floyd of Rosedale, the 98-pound pig. I didn't wax poetic enough. Wait, was about... it? Is it ninety eight? I thought it was like seventy eight. No, ninety eight pounds. Ninety eight pounds. Yeah, it's a heavy pig. It's a girthy. It's a girthy pig. Yeah. yeah. Um, there was. I have a recollection of getting under it at one point yeah. when it was walking off the field, and the guy next to me let loose, and more of the weight just all of a sudden mm. went on me. I was like, "Oh, jeez!" Really? And, and then somebody else grabbed it, and that was okay. it. Um, best trophy in college football. It's just, uh, is it the greatest rivalry in college football? going to be tough to make that argument. The trophy itself is fantastic. By the way, going into this game, Iowa held a 43, 42 and one mm. record in the pig game. Now the overall record, sure, Minnesota not, definitely yeah. still has because of obviously how dominant they were world war one to world war two. Um, but so if Minnesota had won this game, we would have been sitting at 43-43-2, which is incredible after playing all that many games that it's that close. That, that makes the trophy even better. It does make it even better. However, how did the game go? Iowa 13, Minnesota 10, the Hawks with 280 yards of total offense to the Gophers 399. One thing to point out here right, right from the get-go. So again, again, Iowa held an opponent to 10 points or less. This is from Iowa Football Live, a tweet. It is the first time since 1929, talking about World War times, uh, it is the first time since 1929 that the Iowa defense has allowed 10 or fewer points in eight games. The 1929 gave up 28 points the entire eight-game season. Jeez. <laughs> so a little bit different eras. Or is it when you start to talk about well, it, Iowa football? Look, it looks kind of similar. Um I tell you another thing I want to point out too. There was a point in the game. It was like a it was like a big play in the game, like a third and short or fourth and short. And you got 
you know, Iowa's defense versus Mo and Minnesota's offense. And they're geared up. And the only thing you can see is just the, the breath. breath. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Is that not just... Oh. You know, it's I don't go to many games, but especially we had great seats. By the way. <laughs> that makes so a big that, difference. That, yeah, but again. just the, our vantage point, just when I came out and sat down and looked at the field and the players for the first time, it was just so striking. Chef's kiss. Yeah, it absolutely. was incredible. Um, we saw a heck of a game. Okay. We're going to talk a lot about Iowa, but. Dude, they Iowa comes out. Kicks a field goal, three nothing. So it's already a high Big score play, right, right from the get go. Spencer Petras, beautiful setup play by Brian Ferentz to Sam Laporta, goes right down the field, kicks a field goal. But then they come out and score a touchdown, ten nothing. I mean, this is an offensive explosion, <laughs> and then yeah. everything grinds to a halt because of Mo Ibrahim. Well, you got Mo, but you got the the Minnesota defense, defense. too, as well. Um, by the way, joked. On the uh, last podcast I recorded with DS, that a ten to seven halftime score would be trending over. Yeah, that, that's an over. We had ten to seven at halftime yeah. because Minnesota missed a field goal. With that being said, that's it. I mean, that was basically the only points that were scored were the kind of the ones you just talked about. We're going to talk a lot about Iowa, so I want to talk first. So, I mean, we already mentioned them, but we're going to talk about them some more. Mo Ibrahim, Mo Ibrahim is he's ridiculous, man. So here's here's the thing. I I, re, I noticed it yesterday, and I rewatched the game this morning because I'm a I'm a junkie like that. Mm-hmm. Okay, for anybody that's not played the position of running back, okay, of all the positions in football that I still have the, the biggest connection to, it's running back. Mm-hmm. I, I absolutely love playing running back. In high school, I actually played running back at Iowa for a cup of tea. Um, anyways, there are pl- holes where the play is designed to go. Oftentimes, that's the best hole to get to sure. is what it's designed. However, sometimes there's a twist or a stunt or something with the front seven that sure. they see that they maybe know that that's where you want to run the ball. That hole shuts down, which means the hole's got to pop back up in a different spot. A lot of times what running backs have an issue doing is finding that hole either you know when it's there or when it's not where it's supposed to be. Mo finds that hole every damn He's- Time. He's exceptional at that, but then he's also exceptional at once he's yeah right straight ahead. Literally, next thing I was gonna say, and just punishing whoever comes up to stop him. It is his zero to sixty. Like his top line mm-hmm. speed is not elite, no, but his ability to get to that top Correct. speed in like two steps. Mm-hmm. But dude, then he can stop inside the mesh and find the secondary hole back out the other side. This is a good Iowa front seven. Right. They don't let people do this to him. Mo does it because he's exceptional. I mean, they their game plan was we're gonna win on Mo's shoulders. He ran 39 times for 263 yards and one touchdown. He did everything they asked of him. He did enough to win the game. He he almost did everything for them yeah. to win the game, along with Minnesota's defense. Um yes. listen. I, I I probably should. My relationship with Iowa fans is it's it's up and down right now this season. You know, um, there, there's Iowa fans that I don't know if I want to go back to Indianapolis. Oh, Jesus. I, I'm not. That's I'll just leave that be. But suddenly now then there's Iowa fans extremely confident in their team that just four weeks ago wanted to burn the whole thing down. To right. The ground. I know. And they're like, we're going to roll Minnesota. And I kept telling people like, I, I we're not going to roll Minnesota. <laughs> no, no. This is a. This is a good team, you know, and like we're gonna shut down Mo. No, we're, we're I don't think we're gonna shut down Mo. Mo is really good. With that being said, <laughs> I didn't think he would be this good. No, I, I know we're gonna talk more about Iowa, so I just wanted to make sure I got that out. This this is a a Mo appreciation podcast. On the other side, Ethan Kaliak Manis not ready for this type of game. Not, I mean that his was the pivotal play of the game that that ended up costing Minnesota the game. That interception to Jack Campbell. That he returned. I, I never saw a good replay on that, by the way. Did what did, did it look like in the review? He did not go out of bounds. I, I didn't think that so. That was a call up Brett Siancia. That was a pick six, man. That was I, a pick six. It sure seemed like it. It was funny. He got interviewed right after the game. Like, tell us about the play. He goes, well, first of all, I didn't step out. Oh, he did say that. Awesome. <laughs> good. <laughs> he was pissed. Can I say this, though? So you're right. That was the play of the game, obviously. Okay. Can I say this? That is on Kirk Shiroka and, and PJ Fleck. You do not mm. have your quarterback, your yeah. fr- your young quarterback, yeah. throw at the All-American, yeah. Riley Moss, right. with a eh, wide receiver Ugh. in that position. Yeah. 
You know what you do? They were on the 33-yard line right there. You know what you do? You give the ball to Mull, yeah. who's averaging seven yards a carry. That's So fair. let's say he gets six. Now, that maybe was a long field goal, but they could have picked up a first down after that. Sure. There was only a couple minutes left in the game. What I'm saying is that's going into overtime. Even if you yeah. turn it over on downs right there, it was a you bad don't decision. force the ball. So as an offensive coordinator, shouldn't have put Ethan Kalikmanis in that position. No. That's my opinion. And speaking of wide receivers, eight combined wide receiver catches in the game. In the entire game. The entire game. Yeah. Four these are, per side. There. These are two wide receiver groups that are challenged to make plays. They are year. wide receiver challenged. Both you know who had teams. a good day today? Two gentlemen had a good day today. Or yesterday, is what I should say. Okay. Brian Ferentz and Spencer Petras. Yep. Yes, that's right. I said it. <laughs> Brian Ferentz and Spencer well, Petras. Okay, you have to give Spencer credit. He averaged 9.2 yards per attempt yesterday. And these weren't these these weren't conditions no. that favored passing attempts. He had that one missed shot to to uh, down the field um, that would have to Nico uh, Ragagini. If he would have hit that, the game would have been over, and and his stats would have even looked better. With that being said, fifteen to twenty four, two hundred twenty one yards, no touchdowns, but no picks, and he also ran in the only Iowa touchdown in the game on a quarterback sneak. The the design play to Sam Laporta. At the beginning of the game, yep. was that was one of my favorite-looking Iowa plays this year. Then late in the game, by the way, Sam Laporta out in this game. I'm definitely afraid to check his injured status this week because, mm-hmm. boy, do we need him. But he goes out, and then Luke Lachey comes in, another Iowa tight end. He looked fantastic. But that that Y seam that Spencer Petras threw that Brian Ferentz dialed up yeah. in the fourth quarter – that was a Stones call and a Stones throw and a Stones catch. I mean, look at this. Sam Laporta, four catches, 95 yards. Luke Lachey, five catches, 77 yards. Pretty much the entire passing attack. And, and by the way, the guy sitting behind me, us, why do they keep letting the tight end get open? <laughs> and I'll be honest with you, it, it was a good question. It yeah. made no sense yeah. to me. By the way, do you remember when we, were, when we were walking out of the game last night? And we just got a horde of pissed off Gopher fans yeah. around us. Yeah. And the the two older dudes behind us, we're just, everybody's walking pretty much in silence. Okay. Because they're pissed, and I'm you know I'm trying not to be too big of a of a douche. Sure. And you remember the one guy's like, "Well, that's not how I thought that game was gonna go." <laughs> <laughs> why Why would he think though that that's not the way it was gonna go? I don't know. I just thought it was so I know, that was funny. By the way, uh, speaking of (laughs) predicting the way things are going to go, Torrey Taylor, another great game. Four out of five punts inside the 20 for him. Uh, And and, and it's the the special teams in drill. Like, Minnesota's special teams were fine. Yeah. The the missed field goal I took it, huge. Huge in this game. Sure. Obviously, missed field goals. Like, any – basically, this game came down to what did you do once you got in the red zone and turnovers? Iowa did pretty good in the red zone and didn't turn the ball over. Minnesota, not so much, and turned the ball over. But long story short, this game, go figure, was won by Iowa's defense and especially Iowa's special teams. LeVar Woods' crew was phenomenal. As usual. And Matt Trickett, that was a 34-yard field goal he missed there. That he missed. So it was pretty much the game that we thought we were going to get. But with that being said, it it was still a fun game. It was the game that I thought we were going to get. <laughs> it was the game I thought we were going to get. <laughs> I almost um, nailed this, by the way. I predicted 16 to 13. Okay. If, if Trickett makes that field goal, maybe we go into overtime and the final score is 16 to 13. But. And I just want to thank, I guess, both teams for kind of getting me out of the funk <laughs> yeah. that I was in when we got to the game because I was pissed off. I was good and pissed off when we got there. Um, the wife, her friend, and I walking down, and you had your extra – Clothes and whatnot, yeah. just just in a in a paper bag, correct? In a lens paper bag, it was a grocery bag, yeah. And and you were just steaming, like you didn't even need the hot breath air no. coming out of you. I could have seen it even if it was eighty degrees because you were so mad at the after the Illinois game. And I'm like, oh boy. And I remember thinking, like, I don't think Kurt's gonna make it very long. Here. No, I f- I figured I'd be gone by halftime because but, of the cold plus yeah. my just my general attitude at that point but you imbibe a little you get into the new the next game next Oops. thing you know so good good job man i literally you pulled out of it i literally did forget about it every and, now and then oscar comes out of the can yeah and i had a i was in a i ended up in a good mood yesterday and i'm a, i'm in a good no, mood right great. now you're doing great yeah still got the whole world in front of you with the win iowa moves to 7 and 4 
now control their own destiny to get into Indianapolis. With the loss, Minnesota drops to 7-4 out of contention for Indianapolis, but still obviously have a huge game next week. If Minnesota winds up going 8-4, gets the axe, win a bowl game to go 9-4, I'm just saying, there's still fun stuff left out there for Minnesota fans. Oh, I got one last thing to say. Okay. What do we eat? What do we eat? Go for meat. Go for meat. How do we like it? How do we like it? Raw, raw, raw. Um, by the way, uh, with that win, Kirk Ferentz moves into a tie in third place for most Big Ten wins of all time. Gosh, really? Yep. He's tied with Amos Alonzo Stagg. Oh, University of Chicago. No, he did not coach alongside Amos Alonzo Stagg, and he might feel like that to some people. But so is it Bo and Woody and then him? Bo and Woody and then Kirk and Amos. Woo. That's a... That's a Quite those the, are some the collections those are some good names right there. to be with. Yeah, holy crap! Um, probably a couple different people that we could name for the Week Twelve Eisman. Uh, I got a couple in mind. Okay, all right, go ahead. I mean, Dallin Hayden had a great, great game. Great game. Um, you got to Mo. I mean, come on, Mo is got to be a contention. But then there's one like dark there horse here. There I think here. I think the refs in the Michigan Illinois game got to get a shout out at least, right? An honorable mention. They made a lot of memorable play, memorable plays. They sure did, man. They had about six huge plays in that game. Like th- th- those guys are playmakers. <laughs> I, maybe are. maybe not the they're elite player of the week because when Mo you gets... walk away from a, a game that those refs do, you're like, you're. I remember those guys. <laughs> those, guy, those guys are game. pros. With that being said, I think we are going to give the Week Twelve Eisman to Mo Ibram because he was an absolute freaking man show. Yeah, he was even in a loss. You still got to give it to him. You have to, and it's rare that we do that, but yep. that was a rare looking performance. Um, and another tweet that I had put out this morning that I stand by is somehow, some way, the Big Ten has got to figure out a way to get three running backs on the first team because Blake Corum, Mo Ibrahim, and Chase Brown are all. Phenomenal. They're also one, two, and three in the country. Yes, I believe. I, bl- I think that's right. In rushing yards. Yeah, or maybe make Corum might be four. Okay, uh, and it's but oh, it's at all least, the top five. It's th- at least three out of the top four, if not the top three. Three, and it would and Blake be, Corum probably would be up there if he didn't go out with an injury. Correct, and it would just be a slap in the face to whoever you don't put on the first team. I, you can't do it. You got to figure out a way. Yeah, maybe maybe you take a receiver out, or you just say screw it. You have three. I think you I, just I, have I three know. running backs. It's just, and I know those things get voted on, but I don't know. Just make figure out a way to make an exception. L- well, there's a lot. Neither of- one of those guys is a second team. Second team, all Big Ten running back. There's a lot of politics involved in it too. So maybe we just have the refs from the Michigan game decide. <laughs> Gonna go back at it. One more time. <laughs> back to the well, man. I don't know if you want that. That, that might not be good for Chase. All right. Um, appreciate your attitude. Anything else you wanna you wanna talk about? No, I don't think so. Yeah, it was an f- overall fun day. Got it was one a fun more, day. One more full weekend left. Incredible. Yeah, it go- goes by quick. It is fleeting. College yeah, football is time is fleeting, uh, and it's just the other thing too. Like I said, I swear part of it is because it was summer deep into the fall and fall deep into the fall. You know? Yeah. Like, and then all of a sudden it it just turned to winter out there but i don't know it, it it just seemed like that first 10 weeks of the season has flown by yeah and anyways we're we're almost there all right i'm jeffrey the greek i'm big kurt this has been the eyes on big podcast we'll talk to you soon and i think ds and i will try to get the podcast out on tuesday so that people can have it for when they're traveling wednesday for Thanksgiving. oh good call that's the goal yep all right talk to you soon